Welcome back, Giants fans. So part two of the questions video, I meant to make this earlier, but a certain Brooklyn Nets player had to request a trade, I think on Friday or Thursday, one of those days. And I've been busy on that channel, so my apologies. But we're getting it done here on this Monday. I think we have 14 or 15 Twitter questions that I will answer in this video. Hope you guys enjoy. Leave a like, of course. And let's get into it. First question from Mr. Frank. What is or what are the contracts you would give out to Saquon and Daniel and Julian Love? Do you think we sign Edmonds or David Long or do you think we bring uh, Bradbury back? So let's go in order. Uh, Julian Love, I would say probably deserves like a three-year deal around 25 million dollars do the giants give that to him i'm not sure if they if the giants do let daniel walk it gives you a lot more cap space to bring back love on a contract like that if they bring back saquon and daniel i don't see them giving love that type of money so that's the problem here with the cap space you can't keep pushing everything down the uh down the, the road down the line you know that's how you end up in trouble obviously so I think it depends with Julian Love what happens to Saquon and Daniel Jones. For Daniel, I would give him, like, as I said, a three-year, $75 million contract. I know people want it to be $35, $40 million per year. I know I disagree with most people on this. I don't think Daniel Jones has a crazy market. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But um, I don't see there being, like, nine or ten teams bidding for Daniel Jones. I just don't see it being the case. Like, I went down the list of teams that have cap space and teams that need a quarterback there's not many teams. I mean, yeah, maybe the commanders make room to afford Daniel Jones or a team like Atlanta, but I don't know. There's not like a long list of teams that will be in a bidding war for Daniel Jones. So why overpay for the guy if you don't have to? That's just my opinion, but we'll see what happens there. Saquon Barkley, I think I would give him like a three-year, $37, $38 million deal. So if not, you just tag him and hopefully he shows up. If he doesn't want to show up, you trade him and get assets for him. It's as simple as that. For Bradbury, I don't see him coming back. I'd be a bit surprised if he did especially how things ended last year for him with the Giants. I'm sure he didn't want to go, but uh, it was a weird situation. But yeah, Bradbury's going to cost too much money probably. It won't be a long-term deal for him, but I still think Bradbury's like a $10 million per year player. Uh, it's not impossible, but I think the Giants want to go younger at that spot. They have a Dory Jackson next year, so I'm not expecting Bradbury to be a Giant. And for guys like David Long and, um, and Edmonds, so David Long is probably a guy, and Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, they're both guys that'll cost you like $13, $14, 15000000 million per year. So once again, do you let the quarterback walk? Do you let the running back walk? And do you want to pay these other positions? Like, there's no scenario where they can really sign all of these guys. Like, you have to let one of them go at least so if they let daniel walk and you have you know a quarterback on a small contract like a tie rod or they draft a quarterback that would allow you to bring back a julian love and that would allow you to sign a david long or tremaine edmonds and even bring a bradbury back if you wanted to so you could afford it in that case but if you want to bring daniel jones back I would say at most, you can probably afford Daniel plus one, maybe two of these guys. Like I could see a scenario where it's like you bring back Daniel, you bring back Saquon, and like, I don't know, like I just, it's hard. Like maybe you bring back Daniel, Julian Love, and then you get one of those linebackers. It's hard to make it fit into the cap. I have no idea. So Joe Shane definitely has his hands full, but I think the most likely outcome is that they're going to try and bring Saquon back. We've known that already. They'll give Daniel Jones what they think he's worth. And Daniel has a choice to accept that or decline. 
And I think Julian Love will get an offer. I don't know what it will be, but I would think the Giants want to uh, bring him back. But if not, I would not be shocked either. There are good options out there in the secondary and free agency. So that would not be the end of the world. And, you know, maybe Tremaine Edmonds and, uh, and Joe Shane have a connection because he's from Buffalo. So we'll see what happens with all that. Next from my beautiful dark twisted depression. Wow. What is your dream scenario for this offseason? For me, it would be don't overspend on Daniel Jones or Saquon. That will probably F up your cap for the next few years. I would not go that route. I love DJ Chark. That's my guy. I would sign him at wide receiver. Um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, if Julian Love walks, I think that's a great replacement. He's, you know, from formerly with the Saints, but now with the Eagles. He's very versatile, can play slot, can play safety. I've always loved him. He's a great trash talker, <laughs> gets in people's heads. I love Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Um, maybe a guy like, you know, Bobby O'Karaki from the Colts. He'd be a good option if you could afford him. A guy that is very good against the run. He's okay against the pass. So um, he would give the Giants their best linebacker since 2020 Blake Martinez for sure and probably could be better than Blake Martinez. Um probably a cheap tight end like an Austin Hooper type guy like of course Mike Gusecki has been mentioned by Giants fans I think another interesting one is that I saw rumors that Keenan Allen and Gerald Everett might be cut Gerald Everett is an interesting one as well a very good receiving tight end so if Gerald Everett is cut by the Chargers that's a guy I'd be interested in but he would cost more than Austin Hooper but Hooper's a good cheap you know, tight end good receiver too so that would definitely help out the Giants he's definitely cheaper than Mike Gusecki would be and like a backup, not a backup, but like a, a plan if Okereke's taken or Tremaine Edmonds or David Long. Denzel Perriman is also a good linebacker, formerly with the Chargers. He went to the Raiders last year. He's a solid player. He's had like over 100 tackles, I think, the past couple of years. And they wouldn't get him for free, but it would definitely not cost the same price tag as an Edmonds or David Long type guy. So, you know, that's not everything, but those are like some free agents I would be a fan of. As I said, I have not looked like that much into the draft yet, so I'll definitely have those draft takes coming up soon. But um, for, free, uh, for free agency and the in-house stuff, those are like my wishes for this team. Next from Eric, do you think Julian Love is important to sign? I love him. I see the pun. I love him, but I'm leaning towards letting him hit the open market. And as much as I love Sterling Shepard, I'm feeling the same about him. Your thoughts keep up the great work. Thank you, Eric. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I would like to bring Shepard and Love back, but the price is the big thing. Like Shepard, I don't think coming off these major injuries, especially the ACL, I can't see Shepard getting a multi-year deal at 29, 30 years old, whatever he is now. I just can't see it. I mean, maybe there's a GM out there that wants to do that, but I can't see the Giants going out there and saying, hey, we'll give you two years and, you know, 10 or $15 million. I don't see that being the case. I mean, if you can get Sterling Shepard for like close to a league minimum type contract, I mean, hell yeah, bring him back. He's a great locker room guy. So I would definitely take that. And of course, with Love, if it is a you know three-year deal making about seven, eight, nine million dollars per year, it comes down to can you afford it? So I guess I would let him hit the open market, and hopefully his market's not that great. As I said, there's other really good safeties and, and cornerbacks out there in this free agency, so that could hopefully hopefully drive down the price a bit. So maybe Love does remain a giant, but once again, it's you have to fit that all in one salary cap, so it's going to be tough to do. Next from RQ, since Dable and Shane continue to say this is a rebuild, why don't they just roll with Tyrod Taylor next year and build the roster instead of paying Daniel Jones? Thoughts? Um, 
I don't think they've ever came out and said they're rebuilding. I do think that's what they want to do, but I don't think a GM and coach will come out and say, hey, we're rebuilding, because that just does not motivate your team very much. Um, yeah, if they have that vision, it would not shock me. I think if Tyrod is the quarterback one next year, I would assume that they would draft a quarterback in April. Like, I don't want to roll into next year with just Tyrod and some crappy backup quarterback, like a Mike Glennon-type guy behind him. That would be pretty ugly. So, as I said, I don't want to overspend for Daniel Jones. That can lead to bad things down the line if it doesn't work out. But for Tyrod Taylor being, like, your full-time starter... It's not impossible, but he's not a guy who has a great health history, and I feel like he'd be a good mentor, so I don't know if the Giants love a quarterback in this class, so if they do keep Tyrod as quarterback one, I think it would come with the Giants drafting a quarterback pretty early in this upcoming draft, but you know, besides that, I don't see Tyrod being the quarterback one. Next from Frank again, do we sign Nick Gates to be our center? Uh, it's not a necessity to bring back Nick Gates. They could move on. I think he's been a great story. He's been a good teammate to these guys. So I would not be shocked if they bring him back as like the interior depth guy, which I think would be a good role for him. But he's not your ideal starting center. I would like someone better. But I will say coming back from his injury, he played pretty well for, you know, given the circumstances last year. Maybe he gets better now two years off the injury, so that's definitely a possibility. But it's not like he was playing at some elite level at any point in his career. He was, you know, above average before he got hurt. Came back last year, he was, I would say, below average. But still, once again, when you are coming off an injury like that, it's going to be easier the further you get away from that. So... I wouldn't completely give up on Nick Gates, but if it's a reasonable contract, I would bring him back as an interior depth piece, not to make him your starting center for the next five years. Next from Rodrigo, how many players do you think we let walk to free agency and who? I think we're bound to lose a handful of decent talent, especially if we sign Jones and or Barkley. We just don't have the cap space to bring everybody else back. That is correct. I mean, you don't have the cap space to bring all these guys back, especially if you give Jones a big extension. Same for Saquon. So let's go down the list quickly. Sterling Shepard, I could see him coming back. Very small contract. Saquon, Daniel Jones, we've gone over that a billion times. Nick Gates, we just went over that. Cheap contract, backup interior guy, why not? John Feliciano, I think should be gone, and I hope he's gone, but that's a wait and see. But I would assume he's not going to be back. Justin Ellis, 32 years old. You don't have to bring him back. Same for Nick Williams, 32, almost 33 years old. Don't have to bring him back. Matt Breda, He'll be 28 next year. I mean, I don't know. He's an average backup running back. You don't have to. It depends on the price, but definitely don't have to. Casey Kreider at long snapper. I mean, maybe. Why not? Jihad Ward. As long as Don Martindale's here, Jihad Ward will probably be here. So I would assume he's back as long as Don Martindale's back. Tony Jefferson. I would not count on, but you never know. Jamie Gillen, I hope not. Terrible punter. Richie James, interesting, 27 years old. I think the Giants want an upgrade at the uh, slot wide receiver spot, but if they don't upgrade at wide receiver, they might just fall back on Richie James. But I would guess he's not back right now, but it depends who they get in the offseason to replace him. Fabian Moreau. I think I'd bring him back, right? I mean, Fabian Moreau was pretty good. I think he had his moments, so I, I would give him a one-year deal, and hopefully he's back on that. Marcus Johnson. Don't care personally. O'Shane Zimenez, previous regime, didn't play too much this year, didn't show too much this year. He had a couple decent games, but 
O'Shane you can let walk. I think the Giants want their own guys. They have a lot of draft picks, so I'm not counting on him being back. And Julian Love and Darius Slayton, those are the interesting ones. Guys that are, you know, decent starters in this league. I would say Love is a better player than Slayton, but the Giants do want to have upgrades at that wide receiver spot. And Julian Love is still 24 years old, by the way. Uh, Slayton's 26. So those are young guys that have good football left in them. But as the question says, if you give Saquon and DJ a big contract, you know, you might not be able to sign Julian Love or Darry or uh, and Darius Slayton. So that might be the problem. But if you let one of those guys or both those guys walk, that now gives you an opportunity to bring back Love and or Slayton. So I would say the more likely to return is probably Love because this team was like shopping Darius Slayton at one point, And I don't know how much they love him. I feel like they like Hodgins more. So Maybe we'll see what happens with that, but I think Julian Love is uh, has a better chance of sticking around than uh, Darius Slayton. Next from Michael. Great name, great name. Um, should the Giants sign Tremaine Edmonds if it means letting Saquon Barkley walk? This is a really good question. Had me thinking for sure. Um, in a vacuum, I think I'd rather have Edmonds. I think he has a longer shelf life of a career. I think he'll play longer than Saquon. He'll be in his prime longer than Saquon. And the Giants, of course, I mean, they haven't had a good linebacker in so long. I mean, Edmonds, I could see a world where a team overpays for him and it doesn't work out. Kind of like Corey Littleton with the, um, who did he go to? The, the Raiders maybe or something? I think he went to the Raiders. Yeah, so it could end up being like that. But in the scenario that Edmonds is a great coverage linebacker and fits the Giants perfectly, it'd be nice. You know, I'm not going to lie. But also having Saquon offensively. He was a big reason Daniel Jones had his turnaround this year. Of course, Brian Dable helped as well, but having Saquon as part of this offense, especially if you don't get many wide receiver upgrades, that's big as well. So personally, I can go either way. I don't really have a concrete answer for you. I think, you know, it depends. Do you want to be a defensive type team or an offensive type team? I don't know. I'm not that big on paying running backs. You guys know that. I wasn't a fan of the Barkley pick when we made it. Back in 2018. So if they were to go Edmonds, I'm not going to be mad about that. But if they want to bring back Barkley on a team-friendly deal, then that's fine too. Next from Rosendo. Since we're moving on with Daniel Jones, what's a realistic trade value for Tyrod Taylor? Since a lot of teams will be looking for a quarterback next season, or should we stick with him as the backup? I mean, it's not 100%. We're sticking with Daniel Jones, so we got to wait that out to be 100% sure. But even if they do bring Jones back... I would still keep Tyrod. Um, you know, Daniel Jones up until this past year has never played a full season without injuries. And let's say the Giants are competitive next year. And like, let's say the Giants are uh, eight and four next year. And Jones goes down with like, uh, you know, a hamstring injury and misses two or three weeks. You're going to want a Tyrod Taylor to step in there. I mean, we saw Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm just two years ago. I mean, it feels like forever ago, but just two years ago, not even. So um, I'd rather keep Tyrod Taylor. He's a very solid backup quarterback, and he's on a contract that's not too bad. So assuming DJ's back, I'm still keeping Tyrod on the roster as a backup just in case. Next question from Jake. What are good cut slash restructure candidates even though they have $43 million in cap space, most of that will go to Jones, Saquon, and Love. So you have the option to extend some guys and lower their cap hits for next year, like Leonard Williams would be a prime example of that. His, caps, his cap hit is like $32 million, so obviously that's a lot for an interior defensive lineman. Leonard's a good player, but not worth a $32 million cap hit. So if you extended him for like another two or three years, you can hopefully 
stretch that cap pit out and make it lower for next year. Give you more cap space for this offseason. Um, Adoree Jackson, same thing. It's the last year of his contract. Next year, $19 million cap pit. You can try and extend him and make his cap pit lower. You can cut Kenny Galladay post June 1st and save more money for this offseason. I think it might hurt you next offseason, but this offseason you save more money post June 1st cut. And a guy like Mark Lewinsky maybe can take a pay cut. So he has two years left on his deal. He was not worth the money last year. So maybe a guy like that will take a pay cut. I don't know. But those seem to be the most realistic options to try and save money. Next from KZU or KZU. Morning to you, Mike. It is nighttime when I'm doing this, but I posted in the morning. So good morning to you back on January 25th. Um, Morning, Mike. How would you feel if the Giants drafted a quarterback this upcoming draft that has a higher ceiling than Daniel Jones? So for me, you guys probably know by now, I'm a big ceiling guy when it comes to quarterbacks. You know, it's easier to find the guy who is the uh, the Alex Smith, the Jimmy Garoppolo type guy. And obviously it's tough to find the guys that are upper echelon, you know, top 10 guys just based on talent. Guys like Mahomes and Burrow and Josh Allen. And I'm a believer that if you think a quarterback in the draft has the potential to be that, I think it's worth taking them. And I think the Giants now have a coaching staff that would get the most out of their quarterback prospect. I mean, we saw what happened to Mahomes when he went to the Chiefs. You know, Mike Kafka's here for now, unless he goes to Arizona. We'll find out in the coming days about that. But you have Shane Dable. They, you know, well, not they, but Dable helped transform Josh Allen into what he is today. So... If you look at a guy like Anthony Richardson is going to be the guy who's going to draw the comparisons to like the the toolsy quarterbacks. If the Giants think that Anthony Richardson can one day be a top five guy if he's coached up correctly, I'm on board. I have no problem with it. Now, of course, Anthony Richardson, despite him making some really exciting plays and doing some crazy shit, he is very inconsistent. Just very bad accuracy at times and. Yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes they'll miss an easy check down pass and things like that. Like, it's just, it's frustrating. But those are some things that Josh Allen did struggle with at Wyoming. And I know you guys probably seen this clip already, but Joe Shane already went on um, a podcast with uh, Peter Schrager. And he explained how he gave Josh Allen a good grade on one of his college games when he had four interceptions in that game. So Joe Shane is more about the tools than like the stats themselves. Like Joe Shane sees a quarterback. What can he bring to the table? And if you think Richardson has a higher ceiling and more potential and just more raw talent, more physical ability that Daniel Jones does not possess, then that might be a guy you go with. I'm not saying you do it because, honestly, I've not watched enough of Anthony Richardson to sit here and make that proclamation. But I'm just saying if the Giants, you know, if the Giants for an office, if the coaches see it that way, possibly, they come to an agreement that, hey, Daniel Jones is going to be capped out at some point. He's going to be Alex Smith 2.0. Then you might have to shoot for the moon. And that's what happens to these quarterbacks. That's why the Niners went from Jimmy G to Trey Lance, why the you know, the Chiefs, despite winning 9, 10, 11 games every year, went from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. Eventually, you do realize we need more at the quarterback position. And I'm afraid that's the position that Daniel Jones might be in a couple years from now if the Giants do, in fact, keep him. So we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, I would have no problem with that whatsoever. I love myself the high ceiling quarterbacks. Next question from Coulter. Which wide receiver that we could realistically trade for do you think will fit the scheme the best? So for me... And I've said this before the rumors even started. I probably said this around midseason last year. Brandon Ayuk's the guy. Brandon Ayuk is the guy, in my opinion. I mean, 
This is a guy who is going into the final year of his contract. He's only making $3.9 million next year. He's on the rookie deal. He'll be 25 next year. He's 24 right now. You can kind of sell to the Niners. Hey, he's had some injuries in the past. You know, he's had the hamstring issues. But for the most part, he's been pretty durable throughout his career. And scheme-wise, I think he fits perfectly. I mean, my God, if Richie James did what he did this year in the Giants system, can you imagine what Brandon Ayuk would do? I mean, it'd be ridiculous. So Brandon Ayuk's one of the smoothest route runners. He can break away big plays. I remember that play he made his rookie year. He hurdled some... I think it was some Eagle safety, like Rodney McLeod, he, he hurdled him for a touchdown. Like He does some crazy stuff with the ball in his hands. I would love Brandon Ayuk. He's not the, the big guy that you'd want. He's only six feet, probably 200 pounds, but he would be a perfect fit. Just an, like This system, I think, wants guys to just get open and make plays, you know, um, yards after the catch type stuff, right? I think Brandon Ayuk's that guy. Of course, you could find better, right? But Brandon Ayuk... He may cost you a first-round pick, but I think you can probably get away with him for a second-round pick and maybe something else. Like, I really hope that's the case. And for, you know, Niners fans who keep saying, oh, they're not going to trade, I'm not going to trade him. I mean, the Niners are paying a ton of money to George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. Um, you know, how many skill position guys can you play I mean, or pay? You have Fred Warner under a big contract now, and there's just a lot of guys on that team. You know, I mean, Nick Bosa's due for a payday soon if he didn't get it already. Uh, you're going to have guys that need that money, and I think one guy has to be let go, and it might be Brandon Ayuk. And this might be the same exact thing that happened last summer with guys like A.J. Brown coming off the rookie contract, and the Titans knew, hey, there's only one year left on this guy's deal. Let's trade him for an asset now before he leaves for nothing because we don't want to pay this guy. So they send him to Philly. The Eagles gave up their first-round pick, and, you know, A.J. Brown, the rest is history. They're in the Super Bowl. So I think Brandon Ayuk's that guy. I really do think he's the guy. I think he fits the scheme perfectly. There is some injury concern, but even when the Eagles got A.J. Brown, there was injury concern there as well. No wide receiver is going to be perfect injury-wise for the most part, unless you're like Larry Fitzgerald and Andre Johnson, but that's a long time ago. Most guys do you know, miss some time at some point. So for me, Brandon Ayuk's the guy. Last question, left hand up. I think we ended on a question like this last time too, but uh, why do you hate Daniel Jones so much? Just admit it already. All right, so we'll answer this again for the hundredth time. Um, Daniel Jones feels like a dead-end street, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's the best way I can put it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He does not have a high ceiling. Daniel Jones needs a great team around him to be great. He's on his second contract now. It's a lot harder to put a great team around the guy on a second contract. It's easier to put a great team around the quarterback on a rookie contract. Look at the Bengals. Look at the Eagles. Look at teams that have cheap quarterbacks. Look at Tom Brady for the past 10, 10 to 15 years. Um, if Daniel Jones is making $35, $40 million per year next year, the next four or five years, whatever the hell it's going to be. I don't know what type of roster Giants fans expect to have around this guy, but Daniel Jones has not really shown us that he can carry us. And I know people will say, but he had no wide receivers, and the Giants went to the playoffs, and he won a playoff game. But of course, no one wants to look at the context, the fact that two of those games were against Minnesota, like the worst defense in football. The one game was at home against the Colts, a team that just basically quit. They were coached by uh, an ESPN analyst, so that didn't help too much. But, look, Jones had a good year. He did. He deserves money. I think he deserves to be the Giants quarterback next year. But I don't think Joe Shane is throwing him $40 million per year. I don't see it happening. So 
I always say on this channel, I try to be realistic and I say what I genuinely feel, whether it's, you know, pro giants or anti giants, whatever. I say how I feel and I know I'm not for everybody. That's how it is. There's a certain audience that really enjoys my content and I appreciate you guys for that. And there are some people out there, some fans that want to always hear that their team is great and everyone on their team is a good player and like you're not getting that here i don't care like whether it's the giants or even the nets podcast i do like bro i just watched joe harris for the brooklyn nets he was freaking terrible like i'm not i'm not afraid to say that stuff like if you're gonna sit here if you're making a sports podcast and you come on here and kiss everybody's ass like there's no fun in that like i'm, I'm here to share my opinion so like i just I don't care about the, oh, you hate Daniel Jones thing. Like, no, I'm just telling the truth. And if I happen to be wrong about him, then so what? I'm just the, the no-name YouTuber. Like, who cares? If he plays well, I'm happy. Like, if you, when we won the playoff game, it was great. That was an awesome experience to see him go out there and throw for 300, run for 80 yards, have like, you know, two, three touchdowns, whatever it was. That was awesome. But then you see the turnaround next week against the great Eagles team, and he looked like he didn't even know how to play quarterback. You know, I mean, it's easier to look great against the worst defense in football in the Dome. Like, I know people say Daniel Jones carried us this year, but did Daniel Jones even carry us to any wins besides the Packers game, the first seven, eight wins of the year? I mean, it was mostly Saquon Barkley. Saquon was carrying the offense up until, like, the Texans game. And the second half of the year, there had to be correlation there, whether it was the tougher schedule or Saquon falling off. The Giants finished the year like 3-5-1 and one or 3-6-1. and one. It wasn't very good. So Saquon carried them in the first half, whether you want to admit it or not. That's pretty much the case. And I said I give Daniel Jones credit for the Packers game. Saquon missed time in that game. Jones led a touchdown drive, a big touchdown drive. He gets all the credit from me for that. But for pretty much seven of the first eight wins, they were Saquon Barkley induced. That's that's how it is. I know people want to just make it out to be Daniel Jones did it. It's all him. No wide receivers. He's great. But I'm just being honest. That's just how it is. I'm not trying to spin a narrative. I'm just I'm telling you how it is. The guy was great in the playoff game, but once again, context. What defense did he play? He was great against the Packers. There is no context there. That was a great drive he had in London against the Packers team at that time that was pretty healthy and had their guys that was very impressive like there's been times I've left games with Daniel Jones and saying yeah I could see it he might be the future and then he'll come back next week and turn into the same old average Daniel Jones that we know or or that I know or whatever you want to say or be worse than average I mean look the guy had three bad years in the NFL and now he's had one I would say pretty good year People want to say excellent. People want to say great. I don't use those words lightly, all right? Daniel Jones had a pretty good year. Look at the stats, all right? They say numbers don't lie, and there's context to that too. So I'm not going to eat my own words. There's context to that. There's a reason why Daniel Jones only had X amount of passing yards and blah, blah, blah. Not a lot of passing touchdowns. I get all that. Um, this is more of a run-heavy offense, and he does get credit for his 700 rushing yards and I think eight rushing touchdowns or seven rushing touchdowns, whatever it was. But if you think I'm like on board with signing a quarterback for multi-year deal 35 or more million dollars per year for a guy who honestly I would say played at a excellent level in maybe three or four games this year and once again most of those games were against awful teams the Vikings defense the Colts defense and there was one other game in there he was very, very good. I forget what it was. And as I said, that's my opinion. Now, with Dave Gettleman, I formed my own opinions, and I sometimes trusted myself more than that guy because Dave Gettleman was clueless. But with Joe Shane, he's a smart dude. He will, 
he forgets more football than I'll ever know. I completely admit that. So whatever Joe Shane decides to do with Daniel Jones, I will be on board. I am a fan first. That's it. I have my opinions. I have a podcast, obviously. But whatever Joe Shane decides to do with the quarterback because he knows what to do, I'm on board. If he signs him for five years and $180 million, will I be very concerned about it? Hell yeah. But at the end of the day, if Joe Shane and Brian Dable believe we can make this kid into something great and something special, I have to be on board. That's pretty much it. So I don't mean to sound like a hater. I get people are very sensitive when it comes to the Daniel Jones topic. I understand how it is. It's it's amazing. I've never seen a, a single player be argued so much by, by a single fan base. And, you know, part of me hopes it ends at some point, whether he turns into like an MVP candidate or just off the team. Like I can't deal with the freaking arguments anymore and having to answer these questions every video of like oh why do you hate our quarterback it's like bro like (laughs) listen like I'm not hating the quarterback it's just I'm being honest it's an honest evaluation I don't I don't watch games with like the the fan glasses on or whatever you want to call it like I just don't do that I don't think with my fan cap on like I'm a very objective person when it comes to everything like I I if I'm being too uh, unfair in your opinions I'm sorry but that's the way I look at it I try to be fair to everybody so it is what it is. All right. So anyway, I think that was the last question. Yes, it was. So once again, I was sorry this took a while. Hopefully it was worth the wait. I'm trying to think of what the next Giants video will be. I do need to get to watching draft prospects at some point. So I, I will get on that. Um, so that will definitely happen throughout this month. I probably will have some type of Giants free agency video at some point soon. And of course, I'll have reactions when, you know, big news happens, whether it's like, you know, Saquon's contract, Daniel's contract, Julian Love, all those type of guys. So um, we'll find out. It should be a busy offseason as usual. So I hope you guys enjoyed the video, and I'll talk to you guys next time.